And here's what I want to ask you. What is holding you back? What is the thing that's holding you back from going after your dreams and from finding meaningful work you love? Aren't you ready to wake up to the possibilities that are in your life and go after the things you've dreamt of? It's time for you to feel alive again, lit up, and for you to know that you're deserving and you are worthy for the future that's waiting for you. I want you to feel fulfilled and find abundance in your life. I think it's time and I'm ready to help you get started. Now I'm your host, Kristen, of Building a Life You Love. And each week on the show, we're going to help you figure out how you do go after your dreams and find work you love. Here we go. Let's get started. On today's episode, I have a conversation with a professional artist who talks about her journey from working full-time for large companies to being a, having her own freelance company to deciding once she started having children that she wanted to build a brand around her artwork. So we're going to have a conversation with her today and we're going to talk about the daily practice of making art and taking small steps or small actions every day. So let's take a listen. Hi, today I want to welcome to the show Leanne Brennan. She's a professional illustrator working under her brand Epic Bones, and she's also branching out into offering workshops and programs as a mindset leader. Welcome, Leanne. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I'm very excited to talk to you. Leanne does some amazing work that she's going to tell us about, and it's it's just beautiful, and I love that she has inspiring words and manifestations on her art or, or much of it. Leanne, do you want to tell us a little bit about your background and, and all the things you've done and how that's led you up to what you're working on now? Yeah, absolutely. So um, my background, I grew up in Connecticut. My mom's an artist, so I grew up in her studio drawing. And I went to pursue that in college. I went to RISD for animation, actually. And um, from there, I went on to work in the video game industry, making amazing games like Guitar Hero and Rock Band. I worked as a character artist there. And then I shifted over to motion design, where I started making explainer videos for big brands uh, like Samsung and Fisher Price and stuff like that, which was very cool. And then I decided to go freelance once I had my daughter. And that's when everything changed because I had kind of attached my identity to work. And when I wasn't working, when I was a stay-at-home mom with my daughter, I felt very lost and kind of fell into a little bit of a depression there um, and found myself searching. I, I didn't know, you know, what I wanted to do. And I had this pull to do something for myself and express myself because I've always been an artist, but I didn't know how to do that. And um, through actually a women's circle, I found manifestation. And that's when everything really started to change for me. I started to do shadow work and inner child work, uh, started to identify all these limiting beliefs and unblock them. And eventually I started making art again uh, for myself. And I started making crystal grid paintings actually is where I started with that. But when I got pregnant with my second child, I shifted over to the Epic Bones drawings. And those were, I needed it to be, you know, simple art that I could do fast during nap time. So I made all these rules for myself, black and white drawings on the iPad, you know, so I wouldn't have paint everywhere. And I created a hundred day challenge for myself to create a drawing a day. And I made an Instagram account called Epic Bones to keep me accountable. And that's where the business got started. It just started with a wish to do personal artwork for myself. And now it's grown into something that is 
you know, amazing and keeps on going. <laughs> that is, um, that's so cool. And so the first thing I want to uh, touch on that you talked, that you brought up was identity because a lot of people struggle with that. Either they are in a position at a company where they identify in that role or position or role as a mom, whatever it might be. And we forget that we can be, we can be this and that, or we can be two things and they can come together to be combined. And like you said, when you weren't working at a full-time position, instead you were a full-time mom, you were, you lost that title, right? That identity of the type of work you did. So is there anything that you could share with people about understanding that you can be this one thing, but you can add to it, right? That multi-passionate, multi-hyphenated idea of all the things we could be. So is there anything specifically that helped you understand how you can step into that or really see yourself differently? Yeah, absolutely. I actually started reading The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Mm -hmm. And he talks about being the compassionate witness. And he talks about um, that your, your self, the self, is separate from your thoughts and separate from your emotions. Mm -hmm. And so he teaches that you, you know, when you have the, the chatter, that like negative self-talk, that's your thinking mind. That's not you. Mm -hmm. And when you have this like raging physical response, that's an emotion. That's not you. And the you, the self is something separate it's something different and it's something pure and it's it's you and so he kind of describes this image of hovering over the thinking mind and the emotional body and just really having empathy for yourself and watching yourself and that goes into the mindfulness practices that everyone's talking about about creating awareness this awareness of you this awareness of self awareness of your thoughts and your emotions and when I started reading that type of work, I, I did, I, I said, you know what, I stand alone, I am here, and I can be loved, and I am enough, just as me, just being here. And that really gave me permission, I think, to move forward with the other work that I did. Yeah. Okay, that's wonderful. What did help you take that next step into saying after you were you were home with your kids and you said, okay, well, yeah, I'm guessing you you had to make a decision at some point. Are you going to go back to work for someone else, or are you going to start pursuing art on your own, or at least on your own terms? So, was there something? Was it because you started doing that daily practice and you gained confidence and you changed your mindset, or was there something? Was there something else that finally let you feel like you could step into that new? that new place. Yeah, it's funny because my husband and I were trying to figure this out together and and we said, "Oh, well maybe if you start freelancing again, then you'll feel that purpose, you'll feel that passion." And I did. I started freelancing as an illustrator and motion designer, you know, for all my past clients and I actually built a thriving freelance career as making more money than I was at my full-time salaried position, but it wasn't it wasn't filling my cup, you know, that, that phrase that everyone says, it just wasn't doing it for me. So that's when I went deep into the manifestation work. So that's when I started learning about shadow, the shadow self. And these are aspects of ourselves that we experienced shame or guilt around in childhood, usually between the ages of zero to seven is when that shadow self forms, but it can go you know, beyond into the teenage years, of course, and beyond. But 
identifying those shadow aspects was huge because what that does when you heal those, when you own your shadows and you integrate them is it gives you permission to, to say, yeah, here I am, you know, these are things about me and you know, I'm still here. (laughs) So one of my shadow aspects is people pleaser. And so what that does is it creates a lot of fear. I get very defensive. My ego is very fragile because I want to make everyone happy. And that, that links into the inner child work of, okay, what do you need to do to give yourself what you needed when you were a child, when you experienced that, you know, shame or guilt? And, you know, I'm the youngest of three kids and I, you know, went into all this journaling and meditation work to dig this up. And that's the work, you know, that people talk about. What I realized is that I was always fighting for attention and I wasn't getting enough attention and I needed attention and I would do anything to get it. And I would make anyone happy so that I could get it. And what that does as you get older is it creates a wound and you want to bury that. So that's kind of how I was existing. So when you can unblock those things, then you kind of, you create movement in your body, you create that self-worth and you start to rise and be open to other forms of expressing yourself. So it's funny because the thing that I thought would get me back into creating art was like take an art class or like do a workshop in painting. But no, it was all this manifestation and mindset work that really freed me up to, to move forward. I'm glad you brought that up because really what we're talking about is being true with the things that have happened in our past. Like you said, we're, we're kind of pushing parts of ourselves down or ignoring them. And until we realize that we keep ignoring that those parts and those needs within ourselves, we can't really feel wholly aligned. Yeah. And it really creates a new story. You know, there's the statistic out there that we think like 60,000 thoughts a day or up to 60,000 thoughts a day and 95% of them are repetitive. Yeah. So if you don't do that work, then you're just looping that old story over and over again. So when you do that inner recovery work, you're basically, you're creating a new story for yourself and you're suggesting a new story that you can tell yourself. And if you, you know, you bring that up every day and you work on it and you're aware of like, oh, the old story slipping in. No, but I want this new story Mm -hmm. over here. Then uh, you can really make big changes in your life. And, um, from all of this, I've also created my own version of how to unblock limiting beliefs. So I could go over that if you want. Yeah, let's talk about that right now. Sure. Okay. So limiting beliefs are kind of tied to shadow, but you find yourself saying like, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. So my biggest limiting belief was I can't create art with little kids. Or I can't create a business while I have little kids. I have to wait for them to be older while they're, you know, in school. You know, I'll just wait. Mm-hmm. And so I would have been just waiting. <laughs> but um, what I did was say, okay, look at someone you admire. So pick a topic in your life, whether it's your career, your relationships, your housing situation, your family. Pick a topic. For mine, it was career. And then you find someone that you admire in that area 
So for me, it was, you know, a famous artist. And then you create this statement. You say, well, of course they blank because blank. So I was looking at Ashley Longshore, which I just love this painter. She's a famous painter. She makes a ridiculous amount of money. And I said, well, of course she can make a ton of money and make all this art because she doesn't have kids. And then you take that statement and you cross out, well, of course they, and you say, I can't. So now you have an, I can't statement and it reads, I can't make a lot of money with my art because I have kids. And then what you do now that you have this depressing, I can't statement (laughs) is you flip it and you turn it into the opposite and you pretend it's a headline that you're Googling, like SEO optimized Googling. And you Google, you literally Google like successful artists crushing it despite having young kids. (laughs) Yeah. And what you'll do is you'll find all these articles, all these podcasts, all these videos, basically proving that limiting belief wrong. And you'll find all of these expanders and be like, oh my gosh, this person totally did this when she had a two month old baby. Right. You know, one of my expanders is this artist, um, Sari Shryak. And I listened to this podcast where she said she started her painting a day challenge when her son was two months old. And when I heard that, I was like, oh, well, if she could do that, then I could do that. And that's (laughs) when that's when you start to unblock. And that's when you start to think things are possible for yourself. That's great. And I remember the first time it was it was a handful of years ago. I wrote what are my top 20 or 50 limiting beliefs down. Mm-hmm. And until you start having to dig and make a list that long, I honestly I had never even considered that I had limiting beliefs because that was a newer area for me. I was always a positive person. But when I started writing them down, it was like, wow, you know, and some of them, a lot of people, they have them around money and all different things. But like you said, like, oh, well, I couldn't make this much money or I couldn't afford this type of vacation, but that's not necessarily true. It's just where we might have been in the past or today. So I think first it's that awareness of what are those I can'ts that we're telling ourselves and repeating. And then it's like you said, turning it around on itself, because after the limiting beliefs, we have to write, what do we want? And then how do we bridge the gap? Those are great examples. And I think it'll be really helpful, you know, that you shared that. How did you decide to, in the season of being a mom with two kids, and then you tried freelancing and then it just didn't sit right. How did you make the the jump from doing freelance work to deciding that you're going to move more into Epic Bones being your full-time thing? Yeah. So I actually, it was all in preparation for my second child because I wanted to use my experience, my bad experience with my first child where I got really depressed, like not having a sense of purpose. I wanted to take that learning and make sure I set myself up for success with the second child. So this was all while I was pregnant with my second child. I'm like, okay, this time around, when my baby comes, I have to make sure that I have an art project already underway so that when I'm going through the grind of like nursing all day and changing diapers and all the stuff that comes along with being a mom, I can still feel productive. I can still feel creative. So that's when I set up the 100-day challenge. My son was actually six months old when I started it, but I had already been kind of like dabbling and like painting and drawing and you know, I set up my little art table and I got a space ready. So I was priming myself, but 
I had this in my head that I wanted to do this challenge from the get-go, but I didn't feel strong enough to do it until he was six months old. So that's when I started. And originally I wanted to make it about the microbiome because that's what I was obsessing over at the time. So I started the 100-day challenge making art that was about health. And it just kind of like evolved from there. So you really just, you never know what it's going to turn into. You just have to start. Yeah. And I know we're going to talk about um, some ways people can use a hundred day challenge and some other things in their life. But before we do, I do want to bring up a point about that. It's definitely true that if you do just say every day, I'm going to do something, take an action. I'm going to move something forward. Even if it scares me, you will see big transformation happen just by showing up every day and doing something. You know, it can be art, but it can be something else too. It could be posting something on social. It could be trying a new, um, working towards a new hobby, right? Learning painting, anything. So I think that's, I think that's something that I would definitely encourage people to do for sure. Yeah. There's something about doing something every day and having it be a limited amount of time. Like, okay, this isn't forever. Right. This is like basically three months. Like I can do this. Mm-hmm. And I heard someone use this metaphor, which I just loved is that it can, you can kind of relate it to making a new friend. So when you're forming a new relationship, you, you don't really trust the person yet. You mm-hmm. like them, but you know, you're not really sure. So it's not on the good days that the trust forms with that new friend. It's the bad days. It's the inconvenient time when it's like three in the morning and your car breaks down and you're like, oh my gosh, I, I have to call her. I ha- She's the only one I have to call her. And she shows up. It's when she shows up that you mm-hmm. say, okay, I can trust this friend. Right. And so when you show up for yourself for that hundred day challenge every single day, what you're doing is saying, I trust myself mm-hmm. and I'm here for me and I'm taking myself seriously. And this is important to me. And it really does strengthen that muscle inside you that makes you feel like anything is possible. Yeah, that's so true. And I love that. I love that example and just how you explained it. Do you want to go a little bit more into your um, recommendations or tips for people? on how they might strengthen that, whether creativity or going after something in their own lives with the tips that you were going to share today? It's really important to establish your why. I know you hear oh, yeah. that a lot. I like that, days. yeah. Yeah, and that was just essential for me. And, you know, my why was I don't want to get depressed while I have my young baby, but my why was also I really am desperate to create a business around my personal artwork, not work that I do for someone else. Mm-hmm. And I, I want that freedom for myself. I want that freedom for my family. And, and I know, I just have this feeling that if I just do these drawings, it's going to get me that much closer. So I just have this, like this knowing or this intuition that if I just follow these breadcrumb clues, it's mm-hmm. going to get me to that ultimate goal. So I think you know, having your why in place is really important. I also think accountability is huge. Yeah. So for me, posting the drawings publicly on Instagram or wherever you're going to post, if you're going to do a hundred day challenge to hold yourself accountable and to, I almost thought of the drawings as a product in a way. And I was like shipping the product every yeah. day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Seth Godin talks about that in his book, The Practice, which I yeah. just love. Yeah, me too. Um, and, you know, it's, he said, he talks about how it's, 
you know, people say like, oh, you're so talented. That's why you can do it. And what he says in that book is it's really about skill and um, skill is earned. You know, it's, it's earned through doing the work. It's earned through doing, showing up every day and practicing your craft. And that's how you get better. And um, so that accountability of shipping the work, you know, posting it, Mm-hmm. And then to get feedback, you know, have people liking and commenting your stuff, it just, yeah. it rewards you and it makes you just want to show up even more. So I think that's huge. Also the support from family. <laughs> My husband is very supportive, but I really did have to sit him down and talk to him ahead of time and say, look, I am going to do this hundred day challenge. It's going to be really really hard for me to fit this into my day. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be scrambling at nap time. I'm going to be trying to fit it in in 5 minute increments, you know, like here and there throughout the day. You know, I need us to agree that the kitchen is going to be a complete disaster all day. <laughs> you know, like yeah. he, wrote, he works remotely, so he comes out for lunch and snacks and the 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 house is just it looks like a tornado. <laughs> right. That's real life. <laughs> yeah. I needed him to just like culturally get on board. Like, okay, we're shifting the culture for our house for three months so that I can do this. And we all agree to that. Like, I just needed him to say like, yes, I agree to that. And I needed him to, to realize, you know, like every day I'm going to be checking in with myself. Did I do my drawing today? Did I do my drawing today? And, you know, communicating the importance of what you're doing to that your inner circle, whether that's family or friends or whoever you're surrounded with, I think is so important because it lets them know. But it also, when you say it out loud, you've almost like agreed, like, oh my gosh, I am, I actually have to do this now. And right. that's what makes it real. And that was a big, big part of why I was able to follow through with a hundred days. Yeah, I, I actually have been talking about that recently, which is one, you're right, the support part's so important. We need to have conversations with people that are around us that, you know, that care about us and be honest and truthful. And then we need to tell them what we need from them. Like you said, we can't just be like, oh, well, they should just know. They don't know. Like you said, I need support in that this is what this might look like. Some people, it's, look, I'm doing this art or I'm doing this new thing. I don't need your feedback, but I need your support. Or other times it might be like, what do you think? You know, or I need to solve a problem. So we need to be clear about what we need, right? Do we need someone to listen? Do we need someone, like you said, to not gripe about the kitchen being not as tidy as you normally would have had it? I think that's another point I would make is just, we have to be clear and speak out loud what we need from people. And then and then also for the accountability piece, like you said, because it's easy to, I shouldn't say it's easy, but often people will produce something but they don't ever share it with the world. But until we release it, we won't really improve it. We won't know what people think of it and we can't pivot or iterate and then make it better. There's one more thing about the hundred day challenge yeah, that absolutely. I have to share because it was really essential for why I actually finished. And one thing I did was create a cop-out plan. So what this was, was a lesser version of the thing I agreed to do. So I agreed to make a drawing a day and I had all these rules, like there would be one character and it would be black and white and it would be on my iPad, procreate. 
but I needed a plan for the days when I was just so exhausted and not wanting to do it. And just like almost at the verge of giving up, I needed a plan in place knowing that would happen. So my plan was, okay, on those days, I'll just do like a little hand lettered quote. And, you know, I would just like look up a phrase or a quote that I thought was inspiring and just draw it really quick and then go to bed. (laughs) So, so if you're doing like a hundred day challenge to like exercise for 30 minutes, you know, your cop out plan would be okay on the days that are so hard, I'm just going to do 10 pushups. Right. But if you still show up and you don't skip it, you do your, your plan that you put in place. You're, you still get to check that box up and you're yeah. still showing up for yourself. And that was really, really essential. Absolutely. Because like you said, it's, it's working that habit or that muscle of, of building that habit. So even if it is a quicker thing, I agree with you. That's, that's a really good point. And I like that some people might not have thought of that, you know, that you can kind of have a backup plan, the quicker thing to get done, but it still matches your goal, whether it's a creative goal or shipping out work or whether it's, you know, like you said, it could be a fitness goal or a work goal, whatever it is. So that's really good. What about, oh, journaling? I know, you know, you were talking about how journaling has been really important to you along this journey or this process. Was there any thoughts or tips there or or did you already share all of that about how someone might use journaling in their own life? Yeah, I will say one thing about journaling. I fell in love with that practice by reading The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. Mm -hmm. Uh, She talks about having morning pages. And I never would have done this if I hadn't (laughs) read that book. And it's been around for like 25 years or something. It's amazing. Um, But what she says is, you know, you've got to just get all that brain clutter out. So I I literally just write like I'll do three pages or so in the morning, every morning while I'm like having my coffee and my nine month old is crawling all over me. <laughs> I'll try and get it down. But it's, it's literally like, you know, dear journal, you know, I'm feeling tired today. I know I say that every day because of the baby, but you know, I'm tired again. Like you just, you let your subconscious mind just get on the page And what that does is it really clears you for creation for the rest of the day, because it's not running on a loop anymore. Like you got it out. And sometimes you'll notice patterns. I noticed this pattern where I kept writing down that I was really bothered by the acne on my back. (laughs) So vulnerable to share, but it's true. Like I kept writing every day. This really bothers me. And I never would have thought to do anything about it. I just thought of it as like, this is just what it is. Mm -hmm. But I kept noticing that pattern. I'm like, gosh, I keep writing about this. What is this all about? So you start to identify things about yourself that you never would have. It would have just been like floating in your head. And that's what journaling can really do. It uncovers things, but it also just unblocks that chatter to, to move you into that creation mode for the day. And look, you know, being vulnerable on the honest truth is, is we all have stuff and that's just uh, the reality of life, especially like you said, you've had, you have a nine month old, there's hormones shifting. There's all sorts of things going on there. Is there anything else as far as like people that might be looking to move into their own thing or like even you, you're expanding now into these workshops and you're sort of stretching out, you know, in new areas. Is there anything that you would tell people that are, are trying to figure out like, how do I move into my passion? You know, and at some point I want to work for myself. Maybe they're not there yet. 
do you have any other recommendations for people or tips on how you might step into that? Yeah, I love this phrase and I don't know who said it. Um, clarity comes through action. It might've been Kathy Heller actually. <laughs> yeah. I'm not <laughs> but, sure if it was her first or not. I don't yeah, know. <laughs> clarity, clarity comes through action. And um, I love this notion of taking action, but I think when we're first starting, that can be very daunting and very confusing Yeah, because, you know, we're in this vulnerable state. We don't necessarily know, you know, what we're going to be making or how it's going to work. How is it going to turn into something? So when you hear that, you're like, yes, that makes sense to me. I want to take action. But you find yourself saying like, well, what action or like, how does that even work? So that's when I really recommend some sort of challenge, whether it's like a 30 day or a 60 day or a hundred day challenge to give to yourself, just something that relates to the business you want to start to, you know, the thing you want to do, just even if it tangentially relates. So if, if your goal is to be like a yoga instructor, for example, yeah. then give yourself a challenge, you know, 30 days, I'm going to do yoga for 20 minutes. And, you know, post about it, you know, post a picture of your feet on the yoga mat and write a little blurb, you know, every day on Instagram show, you know, it's Tuesday showing up again. And, you know, as you do that every single day, you'll start to learn, like, what do you love about yoga? And now all of a sudden you have a philosophy around it that might be different than other people. Or, you know, what have you learned about your body and how it moves or what, how, what have you learned about how you fit it into your day? And now all of a sudden, maybe you're not wanting to be a yoga instructor. You're wanting to be a coach who helps, you know, busy moms fit their practice into their day, but you'll never know unless you just take that little, little action that leads to those little clues. Yep. So instead of taking the action in terms of like, okay, I want to start a business. I need to get my LLC. I need to, you know, get my website. So not those logistical actions. I think it's more important to take the little breadcrumb clue actions that will lead you to maybe answering a question that you didn't even know you had. Yeah. This happens to me sometimes. There's like our doer part of our mind. I know some people, you know, say masculine energy, but we get stuck in the list. Like, oh my gosh, these are all the things I'd have to do to start a business instead of what if I'm just open to the the idea of how do my passions come together, my interests, and how can I do some small action that will move that forward and let me step into this discomfort of like, oh, what if I put this out into the world in this little way? Like you said, it doesn't have to cost money. You don't have to start a business to start trying these things. Thing for myself, when I started doing different type of content, you know, I was, I was pivoting. It, of course, it felt uncomfortable at first, but the more I did it, and then I started getting feedback, you said, you know what? It's not about me. It's about showing up consistently. And then it's about how, how am I serving at least even one other person by sharing this content? Yeah. And people will feel that it's almost better that you're uncomfortable because what that comes through to the other end is like, wow, this person has so much courage. I can feel their nervousness. You know, I can hear it in their voice, like Mm -hmm. good for them. That's so inspiring, you know, and then they watch you grow. 
and it changes it changes their life and they learn from you you know well, and I think you can tell when someone's being vulnerable or in open versus, oh, I've done this talk 5,000 times and it's easy. <laughs> and there's really no, it's not that the person doesn't mean to be vulnerable, but it's not vulnerable anymore, right? Yeah. There's something vulnerable and very open about that. Like you said, the the learning in us sharing the journey, not just already being, you know, at the end of the journey. Yeah. There's something really beautiful about mm-hmm. that beginner's mind. And I think audiences are really craving that right now, that openness. Yeah, I agree. Wow. Oh my gosh. This has been such a great conversation. How can people connect with you and learn uh, more about your art? Check it out. I believe you sell your art prints and other things. And then also find out more about your workshops. Yeah. So you can go to epicbones.com. I sell art prints and journals right now of all the drawings that I've been doing on my 100 day challenge. You can find me on Instagram. It's epic underscore bones. And I share a lot of my process and a lot of what I'm feeling and uh, also all of the drawings that I've been doing. And I'm starting a new 100-day challenge in June. And this time I'm inviting people to join me, which is so exciting. So I'm building a program around it. And I'm going to be helping people like form what a good challenge would be, hold them accountable, accountable, set everyone up for success. And that's going to be starting in June. So you can find that information on my website, epicbones.com as well. That is all great. Those are all amazing things you're doing. Your art is inspirational and it's beautiful. And I just want to thank you so much for this lovely and inspiring conversation today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. I'll just leave you with this idea in Seth Godin's book, The Practice. He says, Selling is simply a dance with possibility and empathy. It requires you to see the audience you've chosen to serve, then to bring them them what they need. They might not realize it yet, but once you engage with them, either you'll learn what's not working in your craft, or they'll learn that you've created something that they've been waiting for, something that is filled with magic. And I want to tell you what Leanne is doing right now is she is putting magic into the world every day through her art and inspirational words. Because she's showing up every day and she's getting feedback from her audience. And no matter what, even on the hard days, even with young children, she's still showing up. So I ask you, will you find a way to show up in your life daily and take those tiny steps to see where it might lead you and get you excited and where you might just find a little magic along the way? Let's stop settling. Let's go after our dreams and find work that matters and build a life we love. And thanks again for listening in. And if you enjoyed the show, we'd love it if you'd subscribe and leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can check out freebies and resources we have for you at kristenfitch.com. And if you have ideas for the show or guests that you'd like to recommend, I'd love to hear from you. So DM me on Instagram at kristenfitch, or you can email me from the website. Thanks so much. Until next time, have a great week.